Hey everyone, how are you? I hope you are having an amazing, fantastic day or evening, depending on when you are here. Today, we are talking about what to do when your colleagues make more than you. So stay with me. You are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all things career-related. I tell you how it is, and we get right to the point. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in human resources, which is what I have my master's degree in. My passion is really helping others and sharing my knowledge, so I made the podcast. This is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. Let's be real. When we find out our colleagues make more money than us, it sucks. Like, hella sucks. (laughs) It is not easy, and it's hard not to what some people may call overreact, right? And I say that because I've been there. I've been in the situation where I have found out colleagues and male colleagues at that, which makes it so much worse. And for all the women out there, like I know you're like nodding your heads like, yup. And my situation was I found out this person actually made $15 an hour more than me, which is pretty significant. Like it's not, you know, a couple bucks, like you know, 50 cents, like $15 an hour over the course of 40 hours a week over the course of a year adds up to be a lot. Um, I don't have a calculator in front of me because my phone usually makes these recordings sound really wonky, but I'm guessing it's somewhere around $30,000 a year. So big fucking deal, right? At least to me, it was a big deal. And when I found out, if I'm being really honest, I was pissed. I was frustrated. I wanted to like freak out. I wanted to yell. I wanted to like go to our manager and be like, what the fuck, dude? However, (laughs) I knew none of those things were going to get me the results I wanted, right? And when this happens, we really need to take a minute, just pause, you know? And so if you find yourself in a situation where you find out your colleagues make more than you, my number one tip is take a deep breath. It doesn't help anyone if we go into a conversation all hot and heated. I don't know if there's anyone out there who has ever like went into a conversation hot and heated with a colleague or a boss or a significant other or a parent or a child. Etc., etc., right? But thinking through those times where we've done it, very rarely does it turn out to what we want it to be, and very rarely does it turn out to go in our favor. So, number one, just take a deep breath, take a minute, and then once you've calmed down, and that could take maybe a few minutes, maybe a few hours, maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks, depending on the situation. So there's no timeline there. And each person is going to absorb that type of information and figure out kind of when they have calmed down a little bit at a different pace. So if you talk to someone and they're like, oh, you found out yesterday, you should be fine. Like, don't feel like you need to adapt to anyone else's timeline, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Number two is we need to decide, right? We have some options here. (laughs) Our first option is you can leave it alone. You can just let it go and move on with your life and pretend like you don't know. Number two is you can ask for more money, right? Like it's pretty straightforward. It is straightforward to talk about. It is not always easy to do. And then our third option is leave for a better paying job. So you really have to think about what you want to do. And I would recommend not doing option number one if you truly can't let it go, right? So if you're going to sit and let it like 
fester and boil up and build and you're just going to get more angry and more frustrated, at some point it'll probably come out sideways. As like the queen of growing up, my mom would always say like, stuff what's wrong, stuff what's wrong. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> typical teenage girl. I'm fine. <laughs> And she always would call me on my shit. She's like, if you don't tell me what's wrong, it's going to come out sideways and we're going to have this huge fight. So I always like say, if you're just going to build and build and build and explode, come out sideways. And someone may say, oh, I have, you know, my assignment's going to be light and you just lose your mind over something that isn't that big of a deal, right? I mean, I don't know, whatever might not be a big deal in your case, right? If you need something at 1230 and someone gets it to you by I don't know, 2.30 and you just freak out. They're like, whoa, it's two hours simmer unless you're in like a, you know, publishing sort of thing and then it might be a big deal. But you guys know what I'm saying, right? Where it's like, whatever the example is for your work, where it's not really a big deal, but you explode and make it a big deal because at the end of the day, you're really pissed off because someone makes more money than you, right? If that's you, you're probably laughing or nodding your head and be like, mm, yep, you know what I'm saying. So you know you. So if that is the type of reaction that you think you may have, don't go with number one. Uh, either ask for more money or leave the role for a higher paying job. You know your worth, you know your value, you now know the market is higher than what you may have thought. So you have leverage there. If you really enjoy your company, you enjoy your boss, you enjoy the work you do, the only hiccup you have is compensation. Give your employer the benefit of the doubt. Approach them, ask for more money. If you're not super jazzed about your company and your boss is like, meh, when you think going to explore and look for different opportunities could help you grow uh, and learn something new and get outside your comfort zone, like maybe that's a better option for you, right? So weigh those different options and really take time to think about it. Number three is do your research. So when you're looking to ask for more money or leave for a different opportunity, you want to be sure that you're asking for the right amount of money. So maybe this person makes more than you because they have 10 more years of experience than you. By the way, for our employment laws, that is irrelevant. I will tell you that. And when I say our employment laws, I mean the federal United States employment laws, is that if someone is doing the same work and the expectations are the same, regardless of their background, they should be getting equal pay. That is... I'll, I'll be honest, that's challenging from a recruiting perspective, right? Because it's hard to hire someone who has 25 years of experience at the same rate of pay that someone who has five years of experience has. However, if they're going to be doing the same work, the role is leveled the same, right? So one's not a senior whatever uh, versus like a junior, you know, fill in the blank title. They have to be paid the same. Going back to doing your research, right? So know the market. Google compensation sites, right? There are many of them out there. You can get pretty specific with a lot of them. You can go in and enter what degree you have, what your degree is in, how many years of experience you have, et cetera, et cetera. Certain um, skill sets you have from like an application perspective. And then there's others that are a little bit more broad. I know LinkedIn does some uh, salary stats. I don't know that I love the salary stats on LinkedIn just because it's really hard to get people to respond to those types of surveys. But if you have, you know, let's say there's 10 sources out there that has this information and half of them are giving you a consistent range, you have a good idea, right? And really compare, you know, years of experience, degrees, figure out what are the naming conventions of the titles. So some companies are going to call, you know, senior software developer. Some may say 
a software engineer, right? So figuring out, well, those are fundamentally different roles, but <laughs> not all companies know that. So it, you know what I mean? They may be working on the same similar types of products, but are similar types of projects, I should say. And then see if there's anyone who you can trust, who does what you do, and you can talk to about it, right? And figure out if you can benchmark your compensation. It could be awkward, but if it's someone you know, someone you trust, maybe someone you've worked with in the past, and say, hey, you know, do you mind if we hop on a quick call? I'd love to chat with you about something. And you can even call it out like, hey, I know this might be a little bit weird, but I recently found out a colleague makes more than me. So I'm trying to figure out like benchmarking a little bit. Do you mind if I ask you, you know, what sort of compensation range you're in? But be fully prepared for that to be an awkward question for people to hear, right? So someone who talks about compensation all day with every single candidate I talk to, right? That's a very easy conversation and a very easy question for me to ask. However, if you don't do it every day... <laughs> Uh, which is probably most people listening to this, it could be weird. So just recognize that going in. And if that's too weird for you, then just use the data you find online. However, if you are in a particularly highly skilled industry, the data you find online could be really low compared to where you find yourself. So just a broad caution uh, from that perspective. Number four is going to be creating a plan to stay engaged and stay motivated. Even if you decide to leave, you have to, I guess, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> Until you actually leave. You want to make sure that you leave on good terms. You want to make sure that you are leaving in a way where you can go back to your manager and use them as a reference. Or if you decide to stay and let it go, right, option one, uh, you definitely need to create that plan. So oftentimes people can say, oh, well, I'll just let it go. It's no big deal. And then they find themselves frustrated three months later. So like truly create that plan. And maybe you're going to stay because you don't want to jeopardize your current role because you're working on this amazing project that is going to change the course of your career for the better, right? So there could be really interesting reasons why you might want to stay, but creating that plan to stay engaged and motivated is going to help you do that amazing thing more successfully. Number five is figuring out if you want to approach your boss or go to the HR team. And this can be a tricky thing for the employee to try and figure out, right? So if you find yourself in this situation, it could be a tricky thing for you to think through because if you have a really, really good relationship with your boss, you may want to start there because that person could be advocating for you. If you are an asset to the team, you work really well, you're a high performer, they're not going to want to lose you, right? However, if your boss is kind of an ass and you don't get along with them very well and you don't think they're going to advocate for you, the HR team may be your better option. So just think through where you have that relationship. If you feel like your boss could be your advocate or, you know, kind of your cheerleader for that bump in pay, I would start there. If not, do not feel scared or intimidated or nervous to talk to HR. I know oftentimes, you know, people in HR are like, oh, it's build up, right? Be like, oh, it's HR. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I, they want to talk to me. We're not scary. <laughs> I promise you. I know sometimes HR can be seen as like the intimidating team. However, at the end of the day, a really good HR team is there to help support the business. And that is on many different fronts, right? Hiring, fortunately, sometimes also firing, creating career paths, you know, figuring out how we're going to nurture the talent that we have so we can develop them into leaders. So we do a lot of, you know, organizational development and hiring and interviewing 
and coaching and developing. So HR is not always the scary team. <laughs> and a lot of you know that, but I know there are some people that I talk to and they're really nervous to talk to HR. So don't be nervous. We're not scary people, I promise. <laughs> and if your HR team is like scary and mean, maybe that's part of the culture you may want to evaluate for your current company. And it's definitely something that you may want to evaluate as you're looking at a new company. Number six is deciding on what range you're going to be happy with, right? So if we're going to ask for more money, if we're going to leave our role for a higher paying role, figure out what compensation range you're going to be happy with from a base perspective and then where your expectations are also from a bonus and then a stock perspective as well. Number seven, take time to feel the feels. <laughs> I kind of said this a little bit in number one, but number one is more like cool down. <laughs> and number seven is more so, I guess, emotionally processing. And I feel like a lot of times when we think about our career, we don't always think about emotionally processing things, but sometimes we have to, right? So if you are someone who identifies as a female and you find out that someone who identifies as a male is making more than you, a significant amount more than you, that could trigger a whole slew of things, right, for you to process or thoughts or feelings, etc., whatever it might be, right? So you might have to process some of those feelings, some of those emotions, and that's just an example, right? It definitely could be the other way around in terms of gender, and it doesn't have to be opposite genders. It could be, you know, to people who identify as the same gender or who don't identify as a gender, right? And you just find out there's a disparity there. That could trigger some feelings. So just take time to feel the feels. And then just some general guidelines. So during your conversations, make sure that we're focusing on you, your qualifications, and what you bring to the table. Keep it positive. Keep it upbeat. You know, you know your shit. You've done your research. You know what the market looks like. I shared with you the law. You can look it up as well. Quick Google search will bring you right there and be confident. What we don't want to bring up is say, you know, you don't want to like march into your boss's office or the HR's office and say, well, so-and-so makes $15 more an hour than me and this is totally ridiculous, blah, 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 equal pay act, blah, blah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are going to probably, instead of having someone want to help you and advocate for you and get you the increase, if you come at someone like that, they're probably going to immediately go up on the defense, right? So position it as you. This is about you. This is about your qualifications and what you bring to the table. And if someone asks me like, hey, Steph, what is triggering this conversation? Don't lie. You can share like, hey, you know, I happen to find out someone on the team is making more than me. And so I wanted to, you know, advocate for myself and try and get myself a raise. So I wouldn't lie about it at all. However, I wouldn't make so-and-so getting more than you the main core part of the conversation. And then a few things that you need to know. Number one, you are amazing. Number two, you deserve to be compensated fairly. Number three, you are so worth it. Number four, you are a badass. Don't forget any of those four things. Just going into these conversations, I know it can be challenging. I know they're difficult. I know it's not easy. Anytime we talk about money, it's a little bit awkward sometimes. So just know those four things. All right, everyone. I hope you found this episode helpful and valuable. If you have questions that you want me to answer, I have a Google survey link that you can fill out. I'll put it in the show notes. I would love to help out if I'm able to. I will say I've had a cold for the last couple weeks, so I apologize if I sound a little bit off because I record several episodes at once. It may sound like I am sick for several weeks. <laughs> is not the case. 
<laughs> and hopefully I am on the tail end of a nasty cold I caught on a plane, which I feel like if you don't have kids, anytime you travel is where the germs get you. <laughs> As always, thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to the episode. You can find out more information in the show notes over at stephdennis13.com. And if you want to learn how we can work together specifically right now on resume consulting, you can head over to listen to careertalk.com for more information there. And you can support the show one of two ways. You can do it via PayPal, or if you're using the Anchor app, you can donate directly on that app as well. Also on that Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message, which is pretty cool. I would love to hear from you. And if you have a minute, please take some time, leave a rating and or review. I love reading them and so very much appreciate it. And you can find me over on Facebook and Instagram at StephDennis13. And the Career Talk Podcast has their own Instagram account at Career Talk Podcast. We are written, produced, hosted, and edited by yours truly. You are so amazing, so awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And have an amazing, fantastic rest of your day.